Amen. And good morning to you. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Hey, I think I would be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to say thank you to our praise team. Didn't they do a great job? Let's give them a round of applause. I tell you what, week in and week out, faithful just like a clock. And what a, what a wonderful worship experience uh, they deliver to us. Hey, I'm excited about our series. We are talking about PS23 for 23. PS meaning don't forget, but also PS means psalm. And I wanted something this year that would launch us into what could be, well, okay, let's be honest, probably will be a challenging year. And uh, God was gracious enough to give me the thought of the 23rd psalm. So using the 23rd psalm as a guideline as we launch into 2023. Um, in the 23rd Psalm, we're going to already, we discover principles um, that we can live by, but there are also promises um, that we can stand on. And it all hinges on what we're going to talk about today, that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. The message title, Jaira. Jaira, you heard it. You heard it in the song there for the video. Um, the, the, the full term is Jehovah Jaira, but Jaira simply means provider. And then the subtitle, more than enough, just like the song said, more than enough. The, the term, the name Jehovah Jaira comes from Abraham um, in Genesis twenty two fourteen. Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And what happened? God did one of those crazy Ivan things. He, he, you know, they waited and waited for Isaac. And then one day, you know, God said, I want you to take Isaac up on the mountain and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice to me. And the boy... Abraham, okay, God, didn't understand, had no clue. But I honestly believe that because the entire promise hinged on the, the legacy and the, and the inheritance of Isaac, that somehow Abram, Abraham knew that God was going to do something. So they take the fire, they take the wood, they take a servant, they take Isaac and Abraham up the mountain, they go. Somewhere along the way, they leave the servant behind, and they go up there. And, and you know, even, even Isaac goes, Father, here's the wood and here's the fire, but where is the sacrifice? And little did he know that he was to be the sacrifice. So Abraham built an altar, and I know this is just this is crazy Ivan, you know. He builds, builds an altar there and, and lays Isaac out on it and is ready to sacrifice um, Isaac to God as he was commanded. But you see, it really wasn't about a sacrifice. It was about trusting God. It was about obedience to God. I want you to understand, in my opinion, um, that Isaac was never in danger because God did have a plan. But he had to know that Abraham, by faith, would trust him. So Abraham raises the knife, and just as he's to bring the knife down and slay his son, you know, the angel says, stop, don't. Do not lay a hand on the boy. And then Abraham looks over in the thicket and in the brush, and there is a ram caught by the horns. And God had provided another sacrifice. And, of course, Abraham offered that sacrifice in place of his son. But he was so moved, he called the name of the place the Lord will provide, or Jireh, or Jehovah Jireh. And that's where the name comes from. And what I want to share with you today is that God is our provider. If you are a child of the king, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, God is your provider, and he has a never-ending storehouse of grace and mercy. You 
as you enter 2023, and I just need to give you a, a spoiler alert, 24 is probably going to be more challenging because of a national election. But as we face 23 and 24, if you are a follower of God, you need to know something. Your security is not found in your retirement fund, your portfolio, or even the job that you have, or the stuff that owns you or you own. It is in Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is our provider. Now, how does that play out? What does that look like? Well, there are three incredible verses in the New Testament that I want to share with you. The first one is from our friend Peter. Okay, and then we have two from Paul, and each one looks at Jireh, provider, through a different lens. Um, the first one is in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 3, and this is just one of those verses that just awestruck you. So if you've got your pad out, if you've got the worship event open, you're ready to take some notes, there's some really good things um, in this verse. So Peter is writing, as you see, it's right near the front of 2 Peter. He says this, his divine power, of course, his, you understand, is God. God's divine power, God's uh, omnipotent power, okay? But that word power is interesting. Now, y'all know, I always like to confess, okay? I don't know. I don't know a bunch of Greek or Hebrew, don't pretend to, but this is one I do know. That word power is the word dunamis, dunamis. And the word dunamis is where we get our word dynamite. So it's an explosive, effective power. Now, of course, that kind of power can be dangerous, okay? But it also can be very creative and very strong. And in this case, with God, that's exactly what it is. Did you know with Mount Rushmore that more of the carving was done with dynamite than it was with with the jackhammers that they had? They would take strategically placed sticks of dynamite and blow certain parts of the mountain away, forming the face. Well, listen, that's the way God's power is. This dunamis is not destructive. This dunamis is creative. And his defined power, now watch this, three words, has given us, has given us. Notice it doesn't say might give us. Um, It doesn't say selectively gives us that whatever this power is, it has been given. It's past tense. Every person who puts their faith and trust in Jesus has this. Every person who puts their faith and trust. Often we say, well, if God had gifted me this way or God had done this or if God had given me that, I could be more effective as a Christian. Hang on to your socks. His divine power has given us, past tense, all-inclusive, everything, everything. So God has given every believer everything. Everything what, Dwayne? Required for life and godliness. That is so powerful. So God in his love and wisdom and grace and mercy, his, I'm gonna make a word up, his gyroness, okay, his providedness, okay, gives us everything we need for life and godliness. Now this is big. This is big, okay? What we need to look at is the fact that that we come along, okay? We come along and we have one, we have God who gives life. And this life is, this life is, this, this, this abundant life that Jesus talked about in John uh, 10, 10, you know, he said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. That's his gyroness. You know, Nancy, let's go back to that verse number, that, that Psalm 23, the one we had at the beginning. See, this, this really says it better than I can say it. You know, we talked about last week, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, we talked about how that he's protector and he's provider. 
And then we talked about that the shepherd is responsible for everything the sheep needs, okay? Everything sheep needs. And when David saw this, he thought of God, okay? And said, well, you know what? My God is my protector. My God is my provider. And watch, my God is responsible for me. That's what this is teaching us today. My God is responsible for me. And because of that, you know, David would agree, I have everything I need. That's what he said. I have everything I need. And he would jump forward to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 3, and he would see that, and he goes, well, of course, of course. God gave me everything I needed that I might, listen, listen, that I might have the abundant life. He gave me everything, not just life. No, he didn't, he didn't bring you into this world, and he didn't save you and change your world. He did not bring you, change your life for you to just squeak by and, and just survive. He brought you into this world to thrive. And the thriving, I'm making all kinds of words up there. Today is 8th of January. Making up, the thrivedness of God is, is again, that, that riches and that abundantness, okay, of John chapter 10, 10. I have come, they may have life and have it more abundantly. Let's get back over to, to our second Peter scripture there, okay? And then, and then he says godliness. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know. You instantly think, you know, oh, godliness, that means keeping the rules. Man, you miss it. See, you honestly look at this book, and you think this is a book of slavery. This is a book of bondage. You don't understand that God gave us this book to reveal himself, but he gave us this book that we might be free. This is a book of liberty. This is a book of freedom and not bondage, and not bondage. So when he says that God has given us everything that we need and that we have um, today, okay, for godliness, he's talking about, and I'm going to use some words that almost have a negative connotation today, our best life now. Our best life now. There's a ministry that uses that term in a very wrong way. But what God is saying, when he's saying in his word godliness, he's saying within godliness is your best life. It's a life that I can truly bless you abundantly, abundantly. So his divine power has given us everything required for life, abundant life, and godliness. How do, we, how do we embrace 23? How, how can we be like different than anybody else out there? How can we be different from culture who so many of them are confused about what is right and wrong, what is up and down? How, how can we be different from culture and, and understand what, what is right and what is wrong in this culture that says we don't know what's right or wrong? Well, the answer is God, through his power, has given us everything required for life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him. Now, see that word knowledge? That's the intimate word. That's not, I know about Jesus. That's not, I know about God. It is, I know God. I know Jesus, okay? He gives us life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Brother George Teagarden was teaching Wednesday night in our men's group, and he looked up the word glory, and I said, well, you know, since he did it, I'm going to do it. And I found this really good definition. It's just out of a secular dictionary, but imagine, imagine Jesus, okay? Imagine this definition. High renown and honor. High renown and honor won by notable achievement. Is there anything more great, more powerful, more wonderful than the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings? Well, we have come through the knowledge of him who called us by his own renown, okay, his own renown and his own goodness. So, so our first gyra moment is this incredible life and godliness that God is not going to give us, only gives a select few. He gives to every one of his children, and we can have that knowledge facing 
2023. The second scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 8. If the first scripture dealt with life and godliness, the second one deals with generosity. With generosity. This is such a unique verse. Okay? And that is, by the way, giving is the context. Generosity is the context. Look what it says. So God is able to give you more than you need. Now, you should underline that in your Bible. If you've got your iPad out, you're going to color it a different color. God is able to give you more than you need. And I need to tell you two things. The first thing is this. That's where most of us are today. In the Western world, this thing called America, even when we struggle some, we have so much more than anybody else, most of the world, okay? So most of us live in a place where we have more than we need. Now, the second question then is this, why? Why does God give us more than we need? Have you ever wondered that? Well, he's going to tell us. You've already read ahead, haven't you? I can tell him the look in your face. Yeah, and God is able to give you more than you need. Why? So that you will always have all you need for yourselves. Isn't that cool, God? God says, I want to make sure in your life and godly life, okay, this 2023 going into, you know, with your abundant life and with this godliness factor of living in the parameters of God's word and obedience, the best life ever, okay, I want to make sure that you always have all you need. Not all you want. Not all you want. All you need, all you need. But then look what he says, okay? And more than enough for every good cause. God says, I want, here's the deal. Anyway, I want to give you more than you need for two reasons. One, I want to make sure your needs are taken care of, okay? But secondly, I want you to have some to give away, to give away. I want to give you some to share. Now, again, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, got to be rich to have that kind of deal. Uh Uh-uh. Remember, generosity does not depend on the amount of money you have in the bank. Generosity means what you have, you're open-handed with. What you have, you're open-handed with. So so here comes Paul and saying, no, listen, listen. This gyro moment, this gyro moment is God takes care of our needs, but then he turns right around and makes sure that we have enough to give away. Now, if he does that, what do you think we should do with it? Thank you, David. We should give it away. We should give. We have got to learn as believers in 2023 to be open-handed. And listen to me carefully. It does not depend on your wealth or financial condition. It depends on your heart. You may not be able to give somebody $1,000, but you might give somebody five. And it just might make a difference in their lives. With God, it's not the amount It is the heart. So the third one then, the third gyra moment, is this one found in Philippians in 4 and verse number 19. Now, this is a verse that we kind of know pretty well, okay? And this gyra moment is gracefulness, is gracefulness. If, If the first one was, you know, everyday life, He's giving you everything required for life and godliness. And if the second one was these abundant days when you realize you've got enough to share, the third one is for hard days. For hard days. Well, look what Paul says. And this same God, Jehovah Jireh, this same Jehovah God, same God, Jehovah Jireh God, who takes care of me. So, so the same God who is taking care of Paul. Now, where is Paul when he's writing this? He's in prison. 
okay? And it's not that he robbed a bank. It's that he is in prison for the cause of Christ, okay? But he makes this promise and says, I want you to know something. God, listen, I may be in prison, but I am in prison at the service of the king, not the king, the king, the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? I'm here, and that God, that Jireh God is taking care of me where I am. I want you to know something, that God will take care of you. Are you going to believe what I'm fixing to say? God will take care of you in your hardest moments. He's not just a sunny day God. He's not just when things are going well, God. In fact, I'm not so sure that God doesn't shine the brightest when times are darkest. It sure seems that way. And Paul says, oh, listen, I want you to know something. This same God who takes care of me in prison is going to supply all your needs. So when you have hard times, Paul says, when you have hard times, just like he took care of me, he's going to take care of you. Worried about 2023? Worried about the culture? Worried about the politics? Worried about all of that? Quit worrying. God is sovereign. God's in control. And the same God that took care of... Here it is good. The same God that took care of Paul's tomorrow is going to take care of your tomorrow. And the same God that took care of Paul's next week is going to take care of your next week. The same God who takes care of me will supply all. How much? All. All your needs from His glorious riches. There's no word glory again. His glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, this Jireh God, this, this Jehovah Jireh God is amazing. When, when times, everyday life, you know, he's Je- Jehovah Jireh. He, he, he gives us abundant life. He gives us, you know, the way to a good life here on this earth. Good not being never sick, never poor and all that stuff. You are never rich or never poor. That's right. You know, it's not that. It's blessed by the God who loves us. Um, enough to be generous. And difficult times, gracefulness, gracefulness. So that's what, that's what the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need looks like. That's, what, that's how it plays out, okay? Now, Charles Spurgeon, an old-time guy, um, certainly not known for his wealth, but certainly known for his preaching, his wisdom in the Word of God, quoted. But, but again, I, I wanted to bring it up to modern language. So this is a, this is a Charles Spurgeon quote, if he was living today, okay? Um, I have all things and then some. Isn't that most of us? He, I have all things and then some, and not because I have lots of money in the bank. It doesn't depend on that. Um, not because I'm so talented and smart, although he certainly was, and, not, and I'm, able, I'm able to have a great income. It's not because of that, but because the Lord is my shepherd, my Jehovah Jireh. That's how we can face 2023. It's not the stock market. It's not the job market. It is your God market, and there's only one. And his name is Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. Okay, good deal. Now, now we move into verse 2, the first part of David. The Lord is my shepherd. Um, I have all that I want. And then he says this. He makes me lie down... In green 
pastures. Now, I chose the CSB on purpose because it made it very clear what David was saying. He makes me. He makes me. It's stronger than he encourages me. He plans for me. Because you see, when the term is there, he makes me lie down in green pastures, it's more than food. There's no doubt. The shepherd had provision in mind. But he also, more than that, he had this idea, this thought of rest. You know, Rick Warren said this. He said, the difference between stressed and blessed is often rest. Now, you should write that down. Often the difference between stressed and blessed is rest. You know, God gave us the idea, the concept, the command of the Sabbath for a reason. And that reason was he knew the importance of rest. He knew the importance that we would come to a point and lay down. You remember Elijah? You know, Elijah lays down under the trees. First he prays and says, okay, God, kill me. And he lays down, waiting for God to kill him, I guess. Angel taps him on the shoulder, and God gives him water and warm bread, hot bread to eat, and then says, now, now just take it easy and rest again. Folks, we need to learn to rest again. We, we, even on weekends, we're so busy. I, I told him in first service, you know, even while I'm speaking here, something else is on my mind. This afternoon, um, once I'm done here, I've got to finish writing a funeral for tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock for Irene Seats. And then I also have to write, as many of you know, I do a blog, and it's 800 words. And I've got to write an 800-word essay this afternoon for the blog tomorrow. And even while I'm doing this job, I'm thinking of two more jobs that I have coming up. That ain't God, how God planned life. Come on. It's not how he planned life. He says, listen, I want you to come to me, and I want you to lie down in these green pastures so you can rest. So what's our teaching point say? So the good shepherd leads his sheep to green pastures, not just for food and not just for rest. Look what it says, both to feed and to rest, but not just for that. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary. Anybody here weary? Yeah. And and carry heavy. Anybody here carry heavy burdens? Yeah. Jesus says, come to me, all of you are weary and heavy laden. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell you how you better manage your stress. I'm going to tell you how to start this and stop that. I'm going to tell you how to to work 60 hours a week and still have time for your family and for me. No. He says, come to me. I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. And the good shepherd wants to bring us to a place of rest. You know, another type of rest is sometimes being still. In Psalm 46.10 um, the very first part of that verse, the psalmist writes and says, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we need to, to lay down and we need to, to, you know, to rest, but sometimes we just need to be still. And, and being still means that we trust God. Um, literally from the Hebrew, that means stop fighting, stop striving, and know that I am God. As we enter 2023, listen to me, you need to stop striving. You need to stop fighting and know that I'm God. You know, when, they, when um, Peter was going, you know, leaving the boat, he stepped over the edge of the boat, okay? You know, he said, hey, Jesus, if it's really you out there, you know, let me come to you. And 
Jesus said, be careful what you ask for. You know, Jesus said, okay, come on out. And so he steps out of the boat. And as he does, you know, he's realizing that God's in control. Be still and know that I am God. And then a little bit later on, he gets, whoo, okay. And he starts looking at the waves and he loses his eyes off of Jesus and looks at the waves and he starts to sink, okay. Now, when he stepped out of the boat, God's message to him would have been, be still and know that I'm God. When he got on the waves and got afraid and started to sing, the message was, be still and know that I am God. When God is calling you and challenging you to step out in life, the message is, be still and know that I am God. And if something gets scary this year, you go to the doctor and you got a bad diagnosis. You, you know, one of your loved ones passes away. Your job is in jeopardy. You may lose your job. Whatever it is, God's message to you today is, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. I have a nephew in Georgia who three or four months ago, like that, was diagnosed with cancer. And they told him, well, it was time. They said, well, if you know it's, if you're going to have cancer, this is the kind to have. Then the doctor told him, he said, well, you know, I think by your third chemo, I expect you to be cancer free. And we heard this week that the diagnosis is not that easy and not that beautiful. That he's in serious danger of losing his health. Dying. I didn't want to say the word, but dying. It's a much more serious situation. But he's a man of faith, and he knows, and I will tell you today what he knows. He knows that God is in control of his life. We need to be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Now, in this verse 2, the second part, he leads me beside quiet waters. If, 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 if he leads us to the pasture for rest, he leads us to the quiet waters for refreshment. For refreshment. But there's so much more. You see, it's important that they had water, but they had to have a particular kind of water, and that water is rest. Our teaching point says it, says it best. You know, water is essential. But for the sheep, it had to be quiet waters. It had to be quiet waters. Okay, here's the deal. Sheep are so squirmish that they would never drink from running water. If they hear so much as a ripple in the water, they'll step back. They're so fearful and they're so afraid. Believe it or not, their fear would cause them to die of thirst while looking at the water. Their fear would cause them to die of thirst even while they looked at the water. Is that it for us? Are we looking at the living water, but fear overwhelms us, and we never drink? Jesus said, I am the, I'm the living water. From me throw ro- rivers of living water. Do we often get so afraid we won't drink from what could save us? Hmm. What fearful thing is slowly killing you today? What, what fearful thing in 2023 is causing your joy to die? your peace to die, your contentment to die. Be still and know that he's God, yes. But trust him. As he brings brings you to these quiet waters, trust him. And even if that water is a raging stream, trust the one who gives the water. Trust the one who gives the water. Now, he, he says in John 14, 27, you know, he says, listen, in 2023, 
the water may be raging, the water may be calm, um, it may be hard, it may be easy. I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. The Jehovah Jireh God wants to give you peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Have you figured it out yet? You can't buy it at Walmart. You can't mash a few buttons on Amazon and find peace. You won't find it listed on eBay. The things that we think often, if I just had this, I just had that. Jesus says, the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. What The peace you are really looking for, it's only come from Jesus. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid because he's given it to you. The thing you're looking for, hmm, hmm. The thing you're looking for is already in your grasp. All you have to do is receive it. All you have to do is receive it. Don't be afraid as we enter 2023. So another name for God that we throw around every once in a while is the good shepherds are Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. And when he's near, we don't have to fear. And guess what? He's always near. He's always near. Recognize this. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way. Or when sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. So Nance, we're going to go to that last teaching point. Imagine, imagine a man, a woman, or a child. Imagine you. And you're wandering aimlessly in the desert of life. You're coming out of 2022, and can we be honest, you're pretty banged up. Life wasn't easy or kind. And that's part of your fear for 2023. I barely survived 2022. How can I survive 2023? You're thirsty. You're hungry. You're hot. And you feel like you're dying. Imagine a man, a woman, or a child walking aimlessly in the desert, and then they spot an oasis. It's not a mirage. It's the real thing. It's a real oasis. Now, now imagine with me, they struggle there, And there in the oasis are the palms that are green. The date palms are there. There's a pool of clear, cool water. And they begin to drink deeply from that. And they feel um, refreshment coming back into their life. As the psalm says, he restores my soul. He refreshes my soul. And then in their hunger, they go to the date palm. And there are dates uh, from the date palm that are just sweet. They're just sweet. Almost like instant energy. And they they begin eating the dates. So imagine the coolness of the water and the sweetness of the dates. Now imagine Jesus. No matter how thirsty and dry you are today, no matter how frightened you are today, no matter how you just don't know how you're going to face this year, Imagine Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus 
where rivers of living water flow from. Jesus, I am the bread of life. Jesus, I am the good shepherd. Jesus, I am the gate. Jesus, I am your all. Jesus, I am your Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. And you can face this year because Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Would you bow your heads, please? If you're here today and this is kind of new to you, you've heard church before and you've heard religion before, this is something different. This is the man, the God-man, who lived 2,000 years ago and was executed on a Roman cross, buried and came back to life in three days and lives today. And he is making a change in billions of people's lives. And he wants to make a difference in your life today. My friend Brent will be standing down front and we simply want to tell you about this man named Jesus. He wants to change your life. A lot of us in this room today, most of us in this room, have experienced that. As your pastor, and really as my pastor, because I need this too, I want to encourage us to face 2023 with Jehovah Jireh, to face him as the God who provides, that no matter what you face, listen to what I just said, let that soak in, let me pause, no matter what you face, he is your provider. You can trust him this year. God, thank you for that. Thank you that no matter what it looks like, we can trust you. Father, I pray for my friend who might be here who has never experienced your love and forgiveness. They may not even understand it, but pull them to the front and have them ask Brent, Brent, how can I know this Jesus? Father, for those of us who've known you a while, perhaps a long while, Father, help us to face 2023 with the confident assurance that you can give. Jehovah, Jireh, will you be, you know you are, will we accept you as our provider? Have your way in this time of decision. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.